1: To start winning, Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams, who's got it. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. And it's caught. touchdown. Hello, and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. It is the Thanksgiving edition, it is Thursday uh, of Thanksgiving, and we obviously have a packed slate of games coming on thursday evening we'll also have the rest of the the games coming on sunday and into to monday so it's gonna be a fun week here as we enter nfl week 12 a massive week sean for any of us playing over at the ffpc i know there's lots of different leagues that love lots of different playoff start dates and especially with things uh changing up slightly this year with the extra week in the nfl i know a lot of my dynasty leagues are kind of just pushed basically a week longer for the season so you have a you know your team might have an extra week to fight their way into those playoff spots. But at the FFPC this week, um it is kind of the the final week of the regular season to see how things play out over there. So looking forward to it. Hopefully Sean, our teams will pull through, get into those playoff slots. There's a couple of teams that are right on well in it, but on the fringes of uh could be in or could be out depending on how this week goes. So it is going to be a, an action packed week and we have a good question on today's show we'll be doing it in a moment based on strategy of Usually we have one Thursday night football game, and quite often, unless it's somebody I'm really confident in, <laughs> I, I tend to tr- try and limit my exposure to those Thursday night football games. But this week, with the three games and, and with some quite big uh, quite big offenses playing in these, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how we play out. And that listener submitted question, but Sean, the week is here. It's week twelve of the NFL season. I think it's going to be quite a quite a fun week of of action.
2: It should be. We we do have lots of turmoil, and you mentioned these games. A big chunk of the overall week will happen on Thanksgiving Day, and those teams, in many cases, kind of trying to pull themselves together. We look at this Thanksgiving slate, and we have Lions-Bears to start things off in a game where both teams have a lot of quarterback issues. Obviously, the Bears going with Andy Dalton, hoping that he can – to do some of the things that he did in the second half last week against the Detroit lions. Uh, the lions, as we record, look like they're leaning to Jared Goff. We'll see if he's available. The performance from Tim Boyle last week did not want, leave them wanting to go that route again, if they have any choice. And then we move on to a Cowboys Raiders game, which a couple of weeks ago would have been looked at as a potential barn burner. But now with Amari Cooper out with C D lamb, questionable, uh, you know, obviously you hope the teams are very careful with their players. The role of the independent doctor should protect these guys to an extent. There has been some conversation that maybe he would still be able to clear, but a decent chance they'll be going with Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, as sort of their big-time receivers. And then these Dalton Schultz with potentially a big role. On the other side of the field, you have a Las Vegas Raiders team, They just look like an absolute shell of itself last week. They still have Darren Waller. They're trying to get him more involved. But, I mean, when you have Brian Edwards doing absolutely nothing, you know, it's it's tough. And they're calling too many running plays. They're calling uh, runs in bad situations. They're punting when they should be going for it. And so, you know, that game now looks like one that could fizzle a little bit like last week's Bengals Raiders game did. And then we get... The nightcap with saints bills both of those teams very disappointed in how their offenses performed last week so Colin, you mentioned that you try to stay away from these thursday night games obviously it's a little bit of an issue for these offenses when they have less time to prepare anyone who was dinged up the previous week they have less time for their bodies to recover can be a little bit more of a wild card what you get in these games where the teams don't have the full week but at the same time. We know that when you have so many teams playing, it's going to be hard to potentially avoid them all. And then and we've got a couple of key teams on the bye this week. You're going to have to deal with some bye issues. You're going to have to deal with quarterback injury issues, depending on how your roster is constructed. In many cases, it's a situation where you actually have to get some guys in the lineup, because if you wait on all of the players who are questionable, then you could easily be scrambling for very, very low end guys to fill in on sunday
1: yeah no i, I agree with all of that and usually it's a case that it's only two teams you have to select from and like last week for example we had the the patriots versus the falcons anyone who started the the patriots defense last week coming up big on, on thursday night football but um my thing with it uh, in this situation is it, it can't really be avoided and you mentioned the reasons there that i tend to avoid it being the fact that um, we have less time for people to recover, less time to game plan. And we did talk about this, Sean, maybe I would say like six or eight weeks ago when we were looking ahead at some of the Thursday night games. So obviously when we're planning the Thursday show, we don't want to have on the Saturday show, which we usually do record at the same time as the Thursday show, we don't want to have a heavy dose of games that have already been played. So when we look back or look ahead to who's playing, this year Thursday night football has had much more competitive and much more... Uh, improved games in terms of who is in there you know in terms of the the competitive teams so uh, it has been much much better this year compared to to previous years um is what i would be saying but looking to it and looking at this question sean from uh one of our regular listeners uh pm farley um in terms of he has a lineup question but i think then this can be brought to the the broader part of the start set debate is um, wondering about the games tomorrow should he start tony pollard who's going up against the raiders um, or should he hope elijah mitchell is active and start him on sunday so he says if mitchell can't go he'd be forced to play latavius murray it's a must-win game start at one and four fought his way back to six and five and has a few bye weeks uh, coming up here as well so he needs to win this one and um, so sean kind of what we touched on on previous shows but in this case we don't have as many fallback options as we may have and previous weeks based on the the kind of i guess the lesser teams are playing on sunday the lesser options are going to be available so where where do you kind of fall down on this um i had it a couple of weeks ago when i talked about uh, Kadarius tony on, on monday night football but it, it is a, a kind of similar situation do you think in this case do we just treat it like a normal thursday night slate of games or or should we be taking some extra precautions
2: it's going to come down to the individual rosters in so many cases, right? You're always sort of building throughout the week and looking at waivers, trying to decide who do I need to prioritize based on the order the games are going to be played in and how am I going to make sure I have adequate backup. Now, in this situation with Elijah Mitchell and the questions about, you know, if he does play. What's the workload going to be? And so uh, one of the issues with waiting on the injured players is that you have the chance to potentially take a zero if you're not protected. Now, in this case, Latavius Murray is the backup. That's not a terrible backup as far as backups go. It could be that Murray has a similar workload to Mitchell because we've seen Debo Samuel deployed extensively as a runner the last several weeks. We know that they might want to get Trey Sermon or Jeff Wilson a few touches if they dominate the game Mitchell not catching a ton of passes and so you're really looking for a big play you're looking for a touchdown from him in terms of what the ceiling is this week now when you look forward a couple weeks again and we're kind of pointing at the uh, fantasy semifinals the championship you know that kind of situation then hopefully Mitchell is back to having a very high ceiling to where waiting on him would be very clearly the key choice we look to this game here the Cowboys without some of their top receiving threats and in a situation where at least as we record, there is a lot of discussion around how healthy is Ezekiel Elliott. So it could be a deal here where Tony Pollard actually gets a pretty good workload, catches some passes and has a better floor and ceiling than he's had in most of the games. One of the problems with Pollard this season is that other than the two uh, very strong performances, uh, you know, he's been very low floor And so, you know, drafters aren't quite getting the standalone value that they had hoped for. I think that the prognosis is probably a little bit better in this game in terms of where he goes. Then you look at Latavius Murray. He was one of the notes in the 0RB watch this week. Only eight expected points. Definitely played well behind Devontae Freeman. Freeman, I think the one guy in that Baltimore Ravens offense uh, in terms of these different retreads that they've trotted out and tried to use, who actually still looks Pretty close to his normal level, and so that's a big contrast. I mean, Latavius Murray was released from the Saints in part because he's having some of these same problems that Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson are having, where they're just—I mean—they're not the same guys. They have the name, but they're not the player. So, from that perspective, you would prefer not to go with Murray. At the same time, we do see situations—you know—every week where guys who are in the second week back from the injury play better. I mean, all you have to do is look at Saquon Barkley and his performance. And, you know, think to yourself, well, I mean, he's got to look better than that in the second game of the return, right? And even he talked about it where he's, you know, he feels like he's back to the situation week one where he's trying to get his legs under him, trying to get a feel of what's going on out there. You know, Murray isn't going to make such a big change in terms of from a pretty low level to a star level, but he could jump back up into a little bit more of the committee. So, I mean, this is an interesting question because all three of these backs have strengths and weaknesses. I think that there is some benefit to not put yourself in a situation where you're really scrambling late in the week and so uh, and a lot of our listeners are going to be dealing with even more complex decisions where they maybe have multiple guys going on Thursday they have multiple positions and multiple flex spots that they're looking at and then multiple players on Sunday who have some sort of injury question there and so You know, one of the things that I would probably try to do in most of those cases is to take a little bit of that uncertainty away by going with someone from Thursday and then hoping that out of your group of questionable players for Sunday that, you know, hopefully it's the guy with the best ceiling, but hopefully somebody comes through and is available there. So you can kind of manage the risk by taking some of it on the individual days as opposed to all in on Thursday or all in on waiting for Sunday.
0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRadio 2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio 2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
3: Sean, you were covering the
1: AFC for the Zero RB Watch this week up on rotoviz.com. There's a lot of, like we, we say sometimes there's, you know, the running back position um, kind of stabilized there for a couple of weeks, but lots of things in flux this week that were, were quite interesting. Um, I usually let you have the floor and let you go straight in and dive in. The one team that could be quite intriguing, we've touched on them obviously with Derrick Henry's injury and how things have played out there. Um, with the Titans uh, in their running back room. Obviously, we had the situation where Adrian Peterson is now released as well, or waived from from the team this week. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard had uh, quite an interesting impact to the game. Eight receptions off 10 targets. Did only have the 47 yards, but obviously if we're looking in, in PPR leagues, we're we're getting into nice shape with those eight receptions. Um, didn't get in the end zone, but if he did, I think there'll be a lot more talk heading into this week about Hilliard, um, how do you think we're seeing that backfield maybe shift in dynamic? Uh, was this like a, a one week thing that we've seen or do we, do we think we could maybe rely on some of those uh, targets moving forward here?
2: Uh, unfortunately, the tricky part is not really knowing where Jeremy McNichols slides in and sort of his health status. There's a lot of overlap between McNichols and Hilliard in terms of how they would be used the release of Adrian Peterson and the signing of Hilliard you know, from the practice squad does create a dynamic where you're sort of expecting that Hilliard will now play a bigger role and their comfort level with him as this sort of hybrid back where uh, because they were playing in this game script where they had to pass all of the time, then he was the back out there. And as a result, anytime that they did want to mix in a run, he also got some of these rushing plays. And so the contrast with McNichols and Hilliard to Deontay Foreman is that They fit into that a little bit better, and now you look at a situation with the Titans where, I mean, this could be the start of a trend where they're going to face some games like this. I mean, they came out and actually performed extremely well without Derrick Henry for several weeks, but uh, they just have so many issues now with really their top three wide receivers, including obviously the two most important receivers, are out the defense no longer has to really worry about the running game. And so they don't treat it the same way. Ryan Tannehill has really flourished as a passer with facing all of these heavy boxes to stop Derrick Henry. You know, now he has to deal with the types of pass defenses that most NFL quarterbacks have to deal with. And it's been a very different dynamic, especially when <laughs> you don't have any players to throw to. And so, you know, we're now kind of almost in a desperation situation where, These running backs could have a lot of value now that being said it's going to be a little bit tricky at least this week and maybe for a couple weeks to find out how this does develop and you know if we can count on this for more than one week i do think that you know anyone who has stashed foreman and he was a trendy pick after people got to see peterson in that first game uh There's some real potential there. He didn't get to play a lot in week 11, but when he did play, he again flashed this size, speed profile that has been so intriguing to so many of us for so many years, and yet uh, really hasn't ever materialized, right? And so you have to balance the fact that there have always been reasons why he wasn't able to really make a go of it. Hilliard, a guy who was kind of interesting, played and did some reasonable things with the cleveland browns over 2018 2019 and then uh really just kind of was pushed to the side didn't have a role anymore once kareem hunt became active in 2019 and so then he disappeared and you're like where is hillier gone he, he was this interesting player for a few weeks and now that we've seen darness johnson look so good as their backup one of the things that i i put in the zero RB watch this week is that if you filter for running backs with 50 or more carries the top three backs in terms of evasion rate are Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Ernest Johnson. So those guys all performing well, you can understand why Johnson was the guy who kind of stuck in Cleveland with the two stars there. But I mean, Hilliard is a guy who, who has some talent and I think could do some things. We're always chasing these high value receiving touches and I mean he's someone who would fit that but the other thing too is just if if McNichols has been dropped in your league you probably have to add him back you know unless we get clear answers on sort of what his status is between now and whenever you have to make those decisions.
1: Yeah it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out Um, you know having Peterson out of the mix is at least going to clear that up a bit but yeah, it's, it's hard to with a huge confidence to, to predict what way it's going to go. But I think if he's out there, I think there's no harm in, in seeing what you could maybe stash for the next couple of weeks. Sean, in terms of the overall team percentage of opportunities this week, we had Jonathan Taylor lead the way. We did talk about him earlier in the week. Um, would love to see the target share come up for him or the, the actual targets, three targets for him on the week to the 32 attempts. But 35 touches is something we can't really... Uh, be too disappointed with Uh, Joe Mixon who's somebody we've talked about a number of times on the show we talked about the Bengals we talked about uh, you know Joe Burrow you talked with Ben on Wednesday's episode as well about Joe Burrow and how things have not worked out as we probably hoped uh, so far this season Joe Mixon did have 30 attempts uh, 30 opportunities but all rush attempts this week was 45% off those opportunities moving down then though sean a little bit further down the list there's some guys who may be on rosters at the moment or may even be on certain waiver wires at the moment that could be picked up who could be potential zero rb candidates moving forward here we have Devontae freeman who's snuck onto a number of our rosters um for the baltimore ravens um he did have six targets last week um obviously we didn't have lamar jackson in this one but he also had 16 rushing attempts so a very solid week for him with those 22 opportunities the interesting and weird one here uh the next two names when we get down through the top 10 that are above hilliard are both houston texans uh running backs so that was quite an unusual game where the texans come out and top against the titans so Game script probably really went heavily in Hilliard's favor, and this one versus Foreman, um, in terms of how the, the game script played out for the Titans, But two Houston running backs fitting in there, one with eighteen attempts, one with seventeen attempts. That is Rex Borkhead and David Johnson. Johnson getting the receiving work with the four reception or the four targets, sorry. And this one, those two guys are both players at certain times of their career that we have. Uh, being in love with, I guess, could possibly even be the term that I would use there. I know in baseball this year I was still getting those Rex head shares in uh, at certain points in the off season, but um, we've joked about the Texans and how many running backs they have had in that room. Obviously, philip Lindsay is no longer there, that has loosened that up a little bit. But is there either of these guys or either of these guys rosterable, playable as we as we move forward here?
2: Well, if you were still drafting Burkhead, that shows, I think, great determination, and it's, it's it was good
1: to be the, doing it. It was in the 28-round format. I will hold my hands up there.
2: <laughs> yes, I was going to say, then that's the other part. It had to be in the 28-round format. Uh, it's it's always fun to be doing a show with a Burkhead true believer. He's
1: on those dynasty rosters. I still have those receipts. I, <laughs> I'll be holding on to them until he cashes out of the NFL.
2: Very nice. Very nice. 420 to 190 total yards in this game. The Texans winning, but coming in on the tail end of the yardage battle. The Titans, you know, all kinds of things. They went out here to lose the game. You have Peterson stuffed on his fourth down carry. You have Tannehill throwing what turned into almost a pick six. You've got the muff punt. Ah, the Texans benefited from this sort of comedy of errors that the Titans uh engaged in and yet they didn't really benefit in a way that mattered that much for fantasy right we get 32 carries for burkhead and David Johnson and they gain 55 yards so i mean that's no that's not going to get you anywhere right the interesting here is just trying to figure out like if the texans can get even mildly more competent we saw early on in the game when they were trying to do more than just burn the clock the Tyrod Taylor looked pretty decent. I mean, this is kind of a weird game where the Texans win, but Brandon Cooks was taken out of the game. And so, you know, you're thinking that, you know, maybe the Texans offense shows a little bit more if they can get him involved. They could get into the red zone and create some opportunities here. I mean, this is a game where you would have hoped they would have done it, but it's not impossible that they could get down there inside the five-yard line in some games. The interesting thing when you talk about Burkhead and Johnson getting so many touches is they're trying to figure out, like, if they actually had a good game, where would the value be? You mentioned that David Johnson was the guy getting the targets. That helps him, although we know that anytime time that could flip because Burkhead has been a solid receiving back in the past for the Patriots. Uh, David Johnson also had a number of situations in this game where he still looked like he was kind of the main guy. But then the interesting part here is that Burkhead, and one of the reasons why his yards per carry was so low is that he was used so much on short yardage. And I was kind of watching through the game, and it felt like you know, he was always in there on these – one or two yard to go situation so I did look it up in the screener and it looks like six of his 18 carries came on plays where the Texans needed one or two yards for a first down and I mean these were all very close plays it's not like he was breaking through the line and then you know going for for 20-30 yards but again his overall line will, will also tell you that he was able to fight through and get most of these though he got a carry from the 10 yard line he got a carry from the five yard line so my sort of thesis here is that there is a world in which Rex Burkhead scores a touchdown between now and the end of the season, and in that world, if you play him in the right week when you don't have anybody else, then maybe, you know, those six points, you know, winning your fantasy title. Now, obviously, if you're playing in the semis, you're playing in the finals, you hope that you have much better options. To go in there so it probably doesn't come into play but these are guys in deeper leagues and if you're dealing with a lot of injuries where you could use them on the very last spot on your bench and there's always a chance they might be the break glass in case of emergency player who comes through right when you need it
1: yeah it feels like that to me it feels like i, I really couldn't put them in with confidence and most situations if i was asking which backfield I'm taking those shots on, it's definitely going to be the guys that we talked about in uh, the Titans, even though they come out in the, the losing side here. Um, the other player, Sean, that I think was quite interesting, I touched on there a moment ago, kind of glanced past when I talked about the Ravens. That was Devontae Freeman. Uh, six targets, six receptions. Um, did um, have a, a pretty, pretty solid week overall when we look at what he was able to do. He is somebody who, as I mentioned, as well as on... A couple of our rosters that we have and it's with Le'Veon Bell um no longer being on the roster you had a fun note in the 0RB watch for the the note where you mentioned that Devontae Freeman uh, has been the only member of the Ravens retread brigade who hasn't looked washed up so uh I, I would agree with that I didn't know if that was the way it would shake out when he was signed to this roster but they have tried out a lot of these guys and, and moved on from some of them but Freeman looks like somebody who could be potentially quite valuable over the next couple of weeks
2: he does and the real question here again is just that this game is probably not very representative of how they're going to look this week or next week how they're going to look down the stretch he had 17.9 expected points in this game 9.2 as a rusher 8.7 as a receiver I mean that's a very good workload profile if we're looking at what we want in a back so you can even underperform that and be very startable. He outperformed it with a touchdown in this one, and he does look like the best guy, but then you you think, okay, well, when the team is healthier at wide receiver, when Lamar Jackson is back, when Latavius Murray is a week closer, the likelihood is that the workload that looks so good in this one contracts again, and then you're back to really hoping that somehow game script or uh, just (laughs) the specific situation toward the end of the game creates a drive where he might catch a couple of passes you're hoping that he does get in with the score. And one of the things that you would have to worry about at least a little bit with the Ravens is that even if Murray uh, is just conclusively the weaker of the two backs, that they might decide, okay, well, we want to use Freeman between the twenties, but maybe since we have Murray, you know, we still want to use him down there at the goal line. And so then, you know, he ends up vulturing a touchdown. Obviously every week you have the threat of Lamar Jackson faking and scrambling in himself. And so I, we have him. I'm glad we have him. We've played him some. Uh, sometimes it's worked out. It just, I think that you can look at this and hope, and maybe this week they confirm some of these trends by really liking what he's done and using him again. But my concern would be that it goes back in the correction.
1: Yeah, it, it could. And that's that's obviously the risk. Of these guys that we're we're talking about. And I know, you know, some people might be listening and wondering why we're talking about these guys that are right down at the bottom of the list of uh, all running backs in the nfl that you might want to have on your roster but the fact is that some of the teams we've drafted you may need to get these guys in to to get you over the line and, and some of those cases based on injuries and, and bye weeks and so on uh, another player sean that we had been using we're just i'm not really going to discuss them very much but based on uh having him in a couple of lineups caught a couple of touchdowns over the last couple of weeks was ty johnson uh tevin coleman returned from his injury that kind of negated the usage that johnson had so um he he kind of may be quite un, unusable here as we we walk forward but the other one note i did want to hit on that you had and it was around jonathan taylor and you talk about you know you don't want to kind of say it maybe too loud but taylor's walking himself into that barry sanders jamal charge conversation everyone listening knows we love jonathan taylor we've been talking about him all year long but I don't think that it uh I don't think we're too much away in terms of exaggeration if you, if you look at every game that he's had this season in terms of week on week on week um every week he tends to be breaking another record for you know the the most of this or the most of that he's breaking every Colts record basically every week that he he does something so he's really starting to put himself into that historical conversation and still the other thing that it caught my eye this week is I think it's 2023 before he is able to negotiate a contract extension with the the colts um which uh, like at the moment i think they're paying uh naheem Hines six million dollars a year so um he, he if he can stay healthy and keep doing what he's doing he's gonna uh, get some mouth numbers when it comes to that contract but we will talk some more running backs on the saturday show this week I'm looking forward to, to talking some young rookie running back, Sean, that I'll leave it at that as our, our tease for it. But uh, I think there's some some interesting stuff still to go in the Zero RB report this week for the AFC that Sean has done. One of my favorite things to dive into each and every week to get those insights. Um, so head on over and check that out up on rotaviz.com. Uh, if you haven't done so already, and you might even get a sneak peek at what we're going to talk about on Saturday's edition. But, Sean, we are wrapping up episode that's going to come out on Thanksgiving and of course a massive uh, day of NFL action but also a massive day for uh, people around the world associated with the U.S. but obviously the people in the United States as well. We like to say thank you as much as possible to everyone who listens in. I did mention it in the show earlier this week but thank you to everyone who supports the show, sends in questions, drops his writings and reviews. Uh, We do really appreciate the community that we have built up and it has grown over the years but over the last 12 months has been uh, tremendous to have those uh you know listener leagues you know different things we've interacted with listeners on it's been it's been a lot of fun to get to know uh, the community that's listening in so that's my kind of thank you on on thanksgiving sean anything that you want to, to add in there
2: yeah well the main thing is is just you know like i mentioned with ben on on stealing bananas but it's been such a, a fun ride to do this with you and I, obviously we've gotten to be great friends over the years but i appreciate number one the feedback from the listeners on some of these bonus shows that we have done uh the, the fact that people are, are sort of interested in that uh, long-haired photo is is something that cracks me up um we'll we'll try and and have a, a situation to get that in on one of these but it's also been just great to to learn more about you i mean as the listeners are uh that has been really cool for me and so you know we're we're getting notes about you as the the irish Gronk, and and that's obviously a blast to, to hear and read about and and column uh, i mean I'm looking at him sort of face-to-face. I get the shoulders up. It, I don't get the 6'5", 250-pound behemoth. But if he needs to, I think Colin can just you know hop through the screen and give me what for, put me on the, the right path. He's uh, he's not something to to mess with over there. But, yeah, we're really thankful for the OT community, thankful for the Rotoviz community. I mentioned this week that – one of the things I enjoy every season are the new players, the rookies, all of that kind of thing, but also our sort of rookies at Roto-Biz. We've got a great group this season doing new content for us. Obviously, the people who have been with us through the years, you know, they're such a special part of our community. We do have people reach out through the show and want to know how they can get involved. And so, you know, if you do want to get involved for 2022, if you want to, you know, Send us an article for the end of the 2021 season. If you want to get involved uh, with Column on sort of the back end, doing some of the production kinds of things, uh, just, just reach out. Let us know. Sometimes there are some opportunities and can be a, a cool way to kind of get your foot in the door with the fantasy industry, but the people who have reached out. And express that you know they want to be involved with Rotoviz because they've been listening to the shows and enjoy that. Those are always really cool moments for us, and so we appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, 2022 has has been a better year in a lot of ways. Hopefully, the last you know, month, month and a, and a week goes extremely well for everyone, uh, both on the field and especially off. And Colin, it's. It's great to be back again here on Thanksgiving and, and celebrating with the community.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And uh, for the listeners who may have spotted Sean there, um, I'm not going to edit it out in post-production. The year is still 2021. Uh, Sean has not found him, But maybe you found a time machine, Sean. You went to 2022. No, no. I
2: th- I'm saying, you know, for next season. People okay. who... Uh,
1: i think that's the perfect way to plug uh people signing up to the site if you sign up to the site 2022 will be excellent <laughs> but uh <laughs> if you are interested in a 10 percent discount of a road nfl pass you can use the code rv radio 2021 the code rv radio 2022 is not yet active uh, but i'm sure that will be coming uh, when we get into that uh 2022 year but uh Any other information you want to find out on it, you can head on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. You won't regret it. Uh, Some of the, in my opinion, it is the best content in the business from guys like Sean, Blair, Dave, the whole crew over there. Uh, phenomenal phenomenal content multiple times a day uh, throughout your whole week to set you up for success so once again that code is rv radio 2021 that's going to wrap us up for the thursday edition of the road to Biz overtime podcast my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtake martin my co-host as always is sean siegel you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian or probably better off to listen to him on the stealing bananas podcast but until we're back on saturday with another podcast have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotavis radio please rate and review the Rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavisradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotavis radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Roto-Viz radio homepage, page forward slash podcast